Claire had never seen a boat quite like this before. To her, it looked like a colorful building that just happened to have a captain's wheel crafted to the top, but it sailed just as well as the thriller bark once it got moving. Good, Claire thought to herself, because I was never going to be able to climb back up. This was true. Without magic, Claire could never redo the same feats that got her down. But she had the luxury of time when it came to finding her way back up. There wasn't a little voice in her head, always telling her to go faster anymore. Come to think of it, there wasn't much of anything left in her head at all. What does a conduit become when they don't have a conduit anymore? Who was clear now? It's a scary thing to lose a conduit, because you go from having one purpose stronger than anything to having nothing. You become directionless. Claire was just thankful that her new boat had a rudder on it. She needed a little direction right now. Here's the thing: a magician that doesn't disclose they're going to they're going to steal your watch isn't a magician; they're a pickpocket. Well, he, he immediately showed them that he took their watch. Okay. In fairness, but yeah, we did have to ask him to stop doing that. <laughs> you had to ask. <laughs> well, I mean, I say ask. Jesus, it's dice funk. The last last wheel I just left this adventure. How does the campaign end, Austin? Austin, please remind us what we did. Yeah, last time you all did a heist on a train, you got to the white glass demon, and then you filled it with steam methods, so it, it shot its laser into the sky. <laughs> you just threw them over there. Uh, the train derailed, cars went flying everywhere, you all jumped back onto the Thriller Bark, which is where you are currently. Above you, the cracks in the sky continue to spread, and the derailed train has finally come to a stop on the salt flats. It was a, um, it was a, it was a gun, it was a Gundam heist, right? We were trying to steal the Gundam or destroy the Gundam, basically stop them having the Gundam. Either take the Gundam or stop them from having it. You have infinite choice, so you can do whatever you want. What ended up happening is you derailed the train, so the Gundam is now out of commission. But the important thing is that the bad guys don't have it. Also, we broke the sky. <laughs> I guess that's also an important thing. Oh yeah! Oh shit! Yeah, the, the sky broke. We we went all chicken little. Uh, so you're all staring up at it when I think uh, Staples kind of taps you on the shoulder, uh, Lola, and says like, "So if you're done gawping out the sky like a dipshit, I think I need to go check and see if these soldiers are dead or what." I'm young. Come with me. We're gonna go eat these guys. Uh, uh Dwayne, you come too. I think you eat people. Let's go. You you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure what to do here. I'm kind of having a little bit of milk. 
down because the sky's cracking, but uh, whatever, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, but go off, Queen. Um, I, there's yeah, I mean, we could have an existential crisis about this later, but there's a bunch of uh, Genasi in this train wreck who may you know still be alive, and I'm hungry. Young is hungry. Dwayne is hungry. We don't want them getting back up, so we're gonna go do that. Why don't you take Zer and go into the glass forest and see if they need your help? This sounds like a convenient way to rid ourselves of half of the NPCs. That's <laughs> also like, I don't want to do extra voices. Eat them away. Young puts on a big bib. <laughs> <laughs> what, did we have a lobster, like a red lobster bib earlier in the season, I thought? Do we want to retroactively say Young has had a big bib this entire time? <laughs> this is important. Yes. Yes. Uh, v- Vindros is not sure how to process this yet. So is attempting to draw the hole in the sky. <laughs> because fuck, you don't see a thing like this every day. Yeah, I don't even know if you have any kind of context for it. It's like in ancient times when people would see like weather phenomena and that's where we get like stories of like the great flood or like the Red Sea parting, stuff that actually does have a natural explanation, but f- to you may as well be a miraculous magic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those, like, I don't know if this is going to heal up and go away, if it's going to get bigger, but it is this now, and I want to capture that. (laughs) All right, well, somebody should really, like, capture that clip of you saying it, and then, you know, just retain it for posterity, because that was beautiful, (laughs) out of context. Like, oh. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to get bigger, if it's going to, mm. (laughs) It's we're all inside on the sky. Can you roll inside on the sky? No, I think that's nature. Nature? <laughs> the sky is part of nature. Dispute me. I don't know. Change my mind. It have its own motives. Uh, I think it's an investigation check, because what do you do if not investigate the sky for clouds? <laughs> uh, ten. Do I understand the unknowable nature of the sky? Oh, shit. Eighteen with no bonus. The unknowable sky. I mean, Lola, you crit on seeing the model of the world, so I think you naturally have the best uh, like perspective regardless. But with an 18, I think you can communicate to the rest of the party that, oh, we're not on the top layer. Above us, there's an entire other... World like, layer, parfait layer. Yeah, there's there's an entire other parfait in the Shrek. layer. Did we do the Shrek routine already? I feel like we must have. I'm sure we did. Onions have layers? Yeah, we've done that. Yeah. Yeah, we've, of course we have. We've already done it. We should just assume too. we've done everything meme-related throughout our history in Dice Funk. Have we talked about the mm-hmm. worms? The, the fuzzy worms yet? I can bring that in. With an 18, I'll say, I don't think you you think anyone's <laughs> in particular danger right now. Like, there are obviously ch- chunks falling from it, but it's like hail. Um, it's spread over a large distance. It's it's not going to be an immediate threat. Okay, that's exactly what I was wondering. Is like, if we need a bucket. Yeah, no, I think right now that's your priority is trying to see if the, the bat folk are okay. All right, well, what are your old, can I roll inside on the, back, the bat folk? Why do you love insight so much? You just Because I, I have a good one. I have plus four. Plus, like, insight's always a good thing to roll when you don't understand stuff. I mean, it can, it can be applied to so many situations. I would like insight on the things I don't understand. Very versatile. Just setting a recurring alarm for every five minutes just because you know you're not going to understand anything. Just repeatedly rolling insight throughout the episode. Exactly. <laughs> um, then what would I roll? Medicine? Nothing. Nothing? Oh, well, how are the bad folk? Go check. 
I would like to check on the bat folk. <laughs> Aren't we all the way there? Yeah, that's where we're going, right? You tell me. You've played this game before. They're perfectly healthy. <gasps> they have laser arms. <laughs> They're mechs now and we can ride them into battle? We have maximum health and all our spell slots. Wow. Oh, and while we weren't looking, they fixed the Gundam and now it's ours. Okay, who's the last one to go into the forest? Not me. I'll be the last one. <laughs> of course. Okay, Bramble, as you follow behind the group, Staples offers you a heart. Fuck, I should have been the last one. Interesting. Oh, damn, it was a trap. Delicious. It's a classic Austin trap. Was it? You're not hungry on this one. Now, there's a lot of dead guys here. I'm going to go nuts for the rest of the day. I just thought, I mean, you looked a little peckish. Mm, I'm saving myself. I'm going to find that whiskey. <laughs> Good luck. That sounded really rare and expensive. Indeed. And disgusting once you finally taste it. Oh, yeah. All alcohol is poison. It should be illegal. Anyway, this is a new element of my character, Staples. I'm a teetotaler. What's up? Oh, you <laughs> learned this in that sewing circle, didn't you? <laughs> Watching them. Yeah, we're all we're all hardline religious teetotalers. <laughs> That's an element of the cult we decided. We all each drink a bottle of white wine a night. Uh, Bramwell will politely take the heart and uh, respectfully nod and walk away. <laughs> Did you think you're supposed to eat the heart? That's why it was being offered to me. Uh, dark meat, hello. I guess that's true. I don't know. I'm fucking stupid. That's why I was thinking of it. It's like in video games, I just like give you a heart. It's just like it's a power up icon. <laughs> oh, no, I got a heart piece. Yeah. <laughs> it was the easiest fucking heart container from Zelda. It's like, well, the NPC uh, just really gives you I'm struggling in a game on my Switch, and I'm like, ooh, a heart. And that's immediately what I thought. It's a little late in the campaign to introduce a new mechanic where you have to collect heart containers, I feel like. It'd be funny, though. We've missed a lot, I feel like. Unless you back-ended it. Well, do you still get the extra hearts if you don't eat it, then? It's, it's just, it was just a joke about how Staples eats people. It's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning to throw it at somebody. It's fine. It's in my inventory. Okay, you leave... You leave young Staples and Dwayne behind to clean up the crash to basically secure any valuables. No, this is this is Chekhov's heart, you see. This is now the thing that's going to be the critical item that allows us to achieve victory in the end. <laughs> We're gonna use it to be like, aha, we did we murdered someone that we didn't actually murder. Ah, here's the ha ah, we proved it. Ugh. Austin. I wanna combine things in my inventory. What happens if I combine my heart and my toaster? We say this every couple of episodes because we've had the toaster, we've had the heart, we've had the crowbar, and we're constantly saying things are the, the Chekhov's gun. Austin, yeah, mix heart with toaster. Young has the toaster and you know He's, this. They are right there. They could easily come by and give me the toaster for the purposes of this situation. We've never used a toaster. We mix, have to. heart, and toaster. Chekhov's toaster, Chekhov's heart. All the bat folk are dead. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> this is the worst King's Quest. I hate it. Okay. I don't know how much of this we're going to leave in, but the party eventually exits the thriller bark and enters the glass forest after much uh, conversation. Uh, and now, it, now, now, Lauren, if you would like to make an additional role here, that this would be the appropriate time. For survival. survival. Okay, you know what? Survival's good, too. 
What, what about if we rolled insight to find out which role we needed to do? I'm going to make no NPCs in the rest of this uh, session just so you can't insight them. Yeah, that's fun. What? I just botched. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, cool. Hell this, yeah. This, this the world hasn't fucked me enough lately. Thanks. Roll 20. Now the episode gets to start. Do we, do we all need to roll? <laughs> Wait, let me know. No, I've decided. We've, this episode's taken a turn right out of the gate. We spent 25 minutes talking about bullshit. Hold on. I'm going to reread all I my stuff. I got a 19. Because I do get advantage on some rolls. Let me just read everything I can really fast. Nope. This episode's now about Lola's botch. That's what this episode 32 <laughs> will always be known as the one where Lola botched. Okay. Okay, so the party enters the glass forest. It is a confusing maze of strange trees and foliage that each refract light in ways that you find very disorienting uh your ranger is not actually particularly skilled in ranging or survival they mostly just get animals to tell them what's up but because there has been fierce fighting here between the merciel and the god king's troops the animals have fled and lola leads you in circles (laughs) cool um before we find out how bad this gets i want to say zur is the one who's um, up uh, up ahead with Lola, the, the NPC that's with you right now. The one and, who lives here and should know how to get back? Yeah, I mean, he's going to. Okay, so first of all, the glass forest, if you've seen the map, is very huge, right? He knows some of it. But for example, if there, you drop me in certain parts of Tallahassee, I would not be able to get you back to my house, <laughs> okay? Just because I've lived there for 10 years doesn't necessarily mean anything. The other thing is that... Uh, maybe you need to learn your city a little better, man. That ain't cool. I'm, I've moved to a much bigger city, so look forward to this getting this problem only exacerbating. Um, this city's so, easy. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's very well, navigable. <laughs> Conrad and I will talk about this later at a different time. Uh, Can I so, just buoy the both of you while you have this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we have an East versus West Pennsylvania thing, a kind of new fun rivalry on the show. Yeah. Uh, Zur is up there. He's basically uh trying to help a little bit but also letting lola do his thing he doesn't want to be seen as kind of like you know taking the reins from lola that's probably a bad look but that's kind of a dynamic i experience irl what (laughs) that people want to let me do things but it would have been fine if they'd helped (laughs) i fuck it up on my own yeah, he, he, there's part of him that wants to speak up, but he's like, oh, no, she's probably got it. And on the inside, you're just like, oh, God, I don't got oh, it. God, I, don't I don't got, got it. it. <laughs> I, don't got, I don't got it. I don't got it. But he says, so that's the second member of the conclave we've killed. That's like, we're doing some real hero shit, huh? I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm not one to, you know, I think the way people tend to use the word hero a little too much. You know, it's like, oh, they're a hero, and they don't, like, examine anything else about whoever they call a hero. I don't know. feels mighty uh, bad to call myself. It feels gross to call myself a hero. I just, you know, pet animals, and then they eat bad guys sometimes. But I'm no hero. I'm old, and I punch people. I don't think that makes me a hero. Makes me thirsty, though. (laughs) You got all that good heart blood. No, don't want to use that up now. I need all those uh, ribosomes to really kickstart the old brain doodle once it gets later. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful about those riboflavins. Yeah, steroid receptors. No, there's 
nothing heroic in murder. It's just murder. You just killed a whole bunch of Genasi. Sometimes it, murder is necessary. That doesn't mean it is heroic. I said, did I ever tell you all about the time I murdered a man with a shovel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you hear it. And not the end you're thinking of. <laughs> So the the, the the climax of that train heist was when Vereen slammed the obsidian spike through the deacon's head. That's your first murder? Oh, yes. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a surprise. Do you also feel that way about all the people killed in the derailing? Or is that just like uh, the environmental casualties that are not really your fault? That's unfortunate collateral damage. Okay. So you have one. All right. <laughs> All right, so now everyone in the party is a murderer, and you all just say Yay. that you all say that you don't feel like heroes. You're just you're just killers who happen to have been recruited to send some messages to some people, which is very interesting. I think well, Zer says. Well, I say I feel not quite that. Phil, it's like you gotta do what you gotta do, living out in the wild. Yeah, I, but I think Zer says like you know I just stole some people's knickknacks and food when they came through and i was like i'm the bandit king of the glass forest i feel like <laughs> most people if they killed uh several high-ranking military figures in service of a rebellion they'd be like yeah i'm a hero of the revolution i'm a badass i'm an important historical figure i i, I feel like the thing for vindras is she's done she's done things that are very cool and the kind of things that you imagine a hero doing but it just doesn't feel very heroic it's, you know, she'll be just as happy when this is done and she can go do something that isn't overthrowing overthrowing a king. Yeah. So I think the last thing Zerd says, like, so we're all in, though, right? Like, you're not all just going to run off? No, we're, we're in. But, you know, we don't have to be heroes t to do what needs to be done. I think that that statement hangs in the air, that profundity, Vidros, at which point... Uh, Lola steps in some mud and goes sliding uh, down a hill and out of sight because she botched, and now we get to have fun with it. Wee! By we, we mean you. Wee! I hope you all have fun with it, too. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Okay. Where am I, bitch? Uh, so, Lola, you slide down a, a muddy hill. Uh, down. So, basically, you end up going through a bush, of which is made of, like, sharp glass, obviously. You're not going to take that much damage because you're small and flexible, I think. We're just looking at two damage here. Not bad. The, the main thing is it's a little difficult for the other characters to catch up with you right away just because they don't okay. want to slice themselves to ribbons. Um, and we can roll dice, right? It does. Yeah, you guys all should be healed up. Okay, perfect. That's great. Two damage? Yep. <sighs> Lovely. Uh, so what happens at the bottom of this slide, Lola, is you find yourself face-to-face uh, uh, -face with a bunch of bones, a pile of bones. Okay. Uh, all around you, there are bones, uh, different various species, mostly pretty sapient, humans, halflings, dwarves. Uh, you also see that there are like tattered clothing and like uh, part like uh, backpacks and so forth. Uh, there's a word for backpack, which is not backpack that escaped me for a moment. Knapsack. There. Knapsack. Knapsack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like it looks like people who travel through this forest have ended up here in droves, dead. <laughs> um, what do I roll to leave? 
<laughs> Anything but insight, which I have decided arbitrarily is not going to be you today. Oh, uh, survival. Uh, you just rolled survival, so why not? Oh, insight. Can I roll insight on the bones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about uh, investigation? <laughs> I rolled a two. Oh, my lord. All right. A what? Why does the world hate me this week? <laughs> I got a three. Wait, you're not here. Well, yeah, I'll give the party some some chance here in a second because we do have a 24 and a 19. Uh, so there's going to be some success coming up. But for this two, Lola, you find yourself in this muddy kind of undergrowth at the bottom of this hill. You know that place in uh, Fellowship of the Ring where the hobbits hide from the ring wraith? Yeah, under the tree. Glorzen tree. Is there a hole in like a tree that I can hide in? So that's exactly with a two. You that's exactly what you see is like a hole in a tree you can hide in. And when you go over to hide in it, uh, something lunges out, grabs you, and yanks you inside. No, in the tree inside the tree. In under the tree. In the under the tree. You know. I don't like being under. In the Hobbit hiding area. That's where worms live. You take two more damage as you were grabbed by the wrist and yanked oh, under. Off. Merry Christmas from Austin. <laughs> I could be rolling a much more than D4s. I know. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Fine. Two more damage. So the rest of the party uh, sees Lola slide down under these glass bushes and to the bottom of this hill, and you all eventually can make your way down there. You find the same thing she saw, which is this this muddy kind of... Uh, an area where something can hide under these trees, essentially. Uh, we have a 19 and a 24. So, I think Bramwell... Gosh. <laughs> Bramwell, you have a 24 for survival. Uh, so, I want to say what you find, in addition to these bones and these personal effects, is you find what is undeniably uh, a some kobold bones, specifically. Mm, they look fresh? No. But yeah, you could, I, could couldn't possibly be all of that. No, no, that. But so yeah, I think there's a moment where you're like, oh god, because you see like all these bodies and they're like clearly human, clearly dwarf. Uh, but then you see one that has like t a tail and like a more reptilian head, and you're like, what the fuck? Lola's a skeleton. Oh wait, no, Lola can't be a skeleton. <laughs> she literally left my sight for thirty seconds. She could not have been skeletonized so quickly. Really? I don't. We don't. We don't know. There's not things that eat eat flesh very quickly. Yeah, aren't there, like, those ants that, like, fucking strip the meat off of a thing in, like, 15 seconds? I mean, it's D&D, &D, so I'm sure there's monsters that, like, spit acid. There's a scientist that literally creates new murder creatures. Anything <laughs> could exist. Okay, everybody but Lola, everybody but Lauren, insight check. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet! On these bones to see if it's, it's Lola. I crit! 25! Holy shit. <laughs> I got a 16. 17. Oh my god, such unmitigated success. What am I supposed to do with this? Uh, okay, Lauren just went to the bathroom. <laughs> Apparently, this is the worst timing. You monster, I'm going to scream at you. <laughs> now the episode is about all of our successes instead. <laughs> oh, Are you fucking kidding? I'm sorry, I have a liter of smart water and I've just been drinking like half of it since we recorded <laughs> Okay, what do we need? So Bram will crit, and then everyone else also did incredibly well, 17 and 16. So here's, here's the process. You all come down this hill. You find this muddy area. It's almost like a, a big circular... Um, Slip and slide. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it slips down into it. But like now I'm just going to call this like the pit. 
or the den uh, where all these bones are. Uh, you see what's clearly a kobold uh, skull and tail. Um, and you panic, oh god, Lolo's a kobold, what the fuck is going on? Uh, with a crit, I'm going to say two things immediately strike you. One is that these are exactly the same size as Lola beans. And the, the other is that the, that it can't be Lola beans because she does not have any of the personal effects. For example, the heck bow, which you know. Or a whole tail. Yeah. Well, you've lost your tail before. I was going to say, you would, you know, if Lola was going to die, she would die with the heck bow. She would not. <laughs> it would be with well, her. Well, and like, let's arm my animals with the gang. Um, so I, for simplicity, I often kind of just rule that the animals are following along at a safe distance until you invoke them. So we can say that they like they catch up with the group. Okay, because they could sniff me out. Well, yeah, I mean, Bramwell crit, so we're getting everything. I just want a, an immediate reaction to this, which is Bramwell says, Hey, everybody, kobold bones. Oh, God, they're exactly the size of Lola. Like, like a critical hit. That's how certain I am of the, them being exactly the same size as Lola. But the, her stuff isn't here. It couldn't possibly be her. She wouldn't have left uh, none of her stuff behind. At least there wouldn't be fancy rocks in a pouch. We we can't rule out that her flesh was very quickly eaten and then the killer stole the bow. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard there are ants that could do that. I've seen her eat. It's incredible. This is one of your kinky things. No, she just, she's a voracious eater. <laughs> oh, no, not four again. Yeah, pick a pick a kobold clean in probably 30 seconds if she were really at it. <laughs> I really had it myself. Do you think it would be like a good, I mean, I, I do love wings. Life's too short to waste time eating. There's so many other things to do in a very short life. Are you asking if kobolds taste good? Does anyone have any sauce? Is that <laughs> what I just heard? Barbecue? Okay, so the party succeeded, and we have a crit, as I've said. So that that's the knowledge I wanted to give you. But I think I have to go further here and say that you hear a low uh, noise, a kind of combination of growl and uh, kind of a, a rumbling almost, a very strange animalistic noise. And you see from a muddy hole under one of the trees at the edge of the pit, um, down here in the den with you, a creature uh, makes itself known. Uh, this thing, it's only its head sticking out, but you get the sense that there's much more of it still burrowed into the the mud here. It is a furry creature, uh, a long head with huge, sharp teeth. Um, you've seen this uh, animal on the bow of your ship. What's on the bow of our ship again? Crocodile or something? Is <gasps> a gator thing? Is it a gator thing? It's the alligator. Oh, he can kill me. It's fine. The otter alligator. It's funny you say <gasps> that, Lola. <laughs> oh, I switch his little nose. Do you have an alligator snout? Or is it like an otter snout that stretches stretched as long as an otter snout? It's like alligator proportions, right? It's like alligator size, but it's been reskinned with an otter like Fortnite skin where it's no Honestly, that's actually probably more terrifying than an otter <laughs> itself. No, because 
Their otters have, like, if they're in big enough packs, they've killed, like, entire families of gators in the Everglades. They're fucking monsters. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going with here, is that when you think of these two animals, you think, obviously, the gator is the more terrifying threat. They've existed since... Oh, no, no, no. The, the, the otter is. Yeah, like, this is a prehistoric, terrifying, like, alien-minded lizard creature. And then the thing that is much more terrifying than that... The otter, which is known to take prisoners uh, for ransom, it, they're necrophiliacs, they're uh, serial killers, they're oh, very know, smart, man. and they're often rabid. What are I roll to find a clam to give it? Well, Lola, you <laughs> were grabbed by it and pulled into its den, and you have been, uh, you are like underneath it, because this thing is like 2,000 pounds. It's a full... Sure, yeah. 15-foot alligator, but it is furry like an otter. And it has the kind of an intelligence and tool use of, a, of an otter in addition to that. So you're pinned in here in its den with it. And it growls slash kind of rumbles. I don't know if you've heard an alligator noise before. It's a very strange kind of noise. It does that in addition to like a combination otter growl at the party who has stepped into its den and threatens its meal. All right. How many scallops do I have to offer? <laughs> hey, we're not threatening its meal. Its meal is our friend. You're threatening it to get its meal. It doesn't know. It, it does not grasp the nuances of this interaction, the dynamics at play. But uh, the parties with it, with your uh, great roles, you see it and it it acknowledges you before it can like pounce and also take someone else. Oh, right, there's no scallops. What about clams or mussels? <laughs> <laughs> You're so mad. I'm not mad. That's that's for somebody else to decide. Lola, you got got. I'm God, yeah. You know what? I'm a scallop now. <laughs> well, as Bramwell, I don't want Lola to die, but I also know it would kill her more spiritually if I hurt this animal. So I feel like I shouldn't, like I should just try an animal handling and try to pacify the situation. All right. Interesting. Uh... <gasps> Can I create food and water to try and give it some nice food? <laughs> <laughs> Make it full. Yeah. I might need that, because I'm going to need advantage. Yeah, that will give everyone advantage on animal handling if Vindros burns a spell slot to make it some uh, scallops. Fuck it, I'm, I'm going to make it some... I'm gonna. What's their food of choice? Uh, hands, mostly. <laughs> it's a big old pile of hands. I, I'm, I, I, I magically summon a pile of hands. That's a bit ham-handed. It's scallops if Animal Crossing tells me anything. Well, I got a 14 then for my animal handling. After I chuck around that big pile of hands. Uh, I got a 16? Hell yeah. I got a 20. Hell yeah. 16 and 20, that's what that's what we need. So Vereen, as the highest roller, paint me the picture of pacifying the alligator. 2,000 pounds, maybe even more, of apex predator tool-using prehistoric lethality. All right, so we got these hands, right? Yeah, Vindras is in a corner just like one hand is magicking some hands into existence and the other one is like throwing them over to you. They'll, they'll be more <laughs> as soon as they're ready. Vindros is tossing them over to Vareen and Vareen's doing a whole juggling thing with them. It's a big show, you know, going all <laughs> four hands because they've been practicing the juggling and then just tossing them to the otter as, you know, treats. <laughs> like it's like a fucking water, like an aquarium or some yeah. shit. Yeah, so I think the alligator has to like roll over onto its 
back to like grab them with its otter hands. You know how otters in like shows are like floating and they'll hold the little yeah. uh, shut the little clams in their tummy pouch. That's mm-hmm. how they break their clams. Yeah, yeah. So the alligator uh, wouldn't be able to do this. It doesn't have the kind of arms or finger situation, but the alligator as a combination does. And so it's dexterously grabbing these hands, um, kind of doing that thing otters do where it like try- checks the the hardiness of it, you know, like pull some of the fingers off to the way it like breaks open a clam. And it's just like, <laughs> do they take a rock and wrap it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Taking a rock to break the individual fingers off the hand. Cause they keep their favorite rocks and like folds of their skin. If I remember correctly. Yeah. That's one of the wild things about otters. They can use and store tools. <sighs> They're so good. They're so good. Uh, so dangerous. So mean. Besides the uh, Denisian chimera, this is like the deadliest hybrid animal, <laughs> I think. Of course there, it is. There was also the thing on the fifth floor of the hotel, but I'm, I'm not going to let you know what that is yet necessarily. Why not? We're not going back there, right? Uh-huh. But maybe. You don't know. No. I want to know. <laughs> uh, so it rolls over to get these hands. Uh, <laughs> to catch these hands. Uh, Lola, <laughs> y- you can uh, you can slowly like crawl out of the den if you would like. Unless you want to do something else. I don't know. You're free, though. No, nah, I'm not going to hurry it out. Just wiggle out. Uh-huh. Just do a little like, Tomb Raider crawl out. <laughs> Yeah, I th- you crawl through the mud up to where Bramwell is, uh, and you're face-to-face with your own skull. That's not my skull. It's in my head. <laughs> okay. I want you to, like, knock on my head. I hope we're going somewhere muddy, because I got really good camouflage now. <laughs> in the background, this giant primordial murder creature is eating a bucket of hands and you're just rolling in the mud like look now i'm invisible <laughs> nobody can ever see me again that's how camouflage works worked for the predator you don't see do you see me no you don't you're lying <laughs> this is exactly what i was thinking um but yeah so you all can crawl out of this den now if you would like or you can do some additional investigations or interactions here but the the immediate danger has passed Feels like a bad place to hang out. Uh, let's do. I, I, can I do a perception check to see if I spot anything else that's interesting in this little burrow? Yeah, maybe there's something valuable in and amongst. I mean, because I doubt that it wanted any of its yeah. treasures. That's true. I rolled an eleven. Uh, I got. A I seven. crit twenty-two. Holy what? shit, dude! I'm not even gonna dude, bother rolling. You've 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 you've, you've done that. <laughs> Isn't there a thing where you can, like, throw bones out and it, like, lands a certain way and you see the future? Is that what Conrad just did? Uh, yeah, Haruspicy is the branch of magic using entrails and bones to see the future. Fun times. A person who practices Haruspicy is a Haruspex. Um, let me, I got a, so with a, with a, with a crit, uh, Vereen, I'm gonna give you guys a cool new item, but I wasn't prepared for this, so now I have to look up my fucking item list, dog. Owned. Do you, you need me to go take a smoke break? <laughs> I could use a smoke break. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have a non-spiritual weapon anymore. Yeah, see, so Vindros. Put that out there. Something. But that's cute, because then I could find something for Vindros. <gasps> okay, that is cute. Uh, that is cute. So we could do two things. We can have an item from our previous season be in this pit, and we can have that as a reference, or you can right now describe to me a cool new item that this that debuts at this point. Hmm. 
I'm not big on well, I, I'm not big on lore, mm-hmm. Fair. but I'm even less big on having to come up with ideas of my own. <laughs> ideas in the moment are very difficult, whereas things that already exist, that's just Austin's got to pick from a list. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. Um, fan fan service always goes over well. I have an exact idea of what you find here, uh, uh, Vereen, which you can give to uh, Vindros to be her new uh, uh, physical attacking weapon. It is a, uh, a, a ocean blue quarter staff. Uh, it is uh, strangely blue, like like fresh ocean waves, which I guess you might, may never have seen in your life. But it's a hypnotic. It's almost. Uh, it's definitely magical, but in, in a way that you're not even. Uh, sure what kind of magic it would have it's uh so that's the first thing yeah. uh yeah so Vereen, you pull this this quarter stuff out of staff out of the mud i think that's that's the visual i want is like it's completely buried you're just like kind of looking through bones and stuff and you grip this thing and you it, like you're all the, the i was gonna say all the hair in your arm stands up but you're scaly so i don't even know if that's anything <laughs> all the tips of his scales go up on yeah him. yeah and you pull it out of the mud and you like wipe it off and your hand as it like moves the mud just reveals this deep blue magical quarterstaff that it, you feel like a a weird feeling in your stomach like flying um and you can hand that to to Vereen, who will need to uh i guess uh, attune to it to understand its full full potential uh, did you mean hand it to vindros I did mean hand, he yeah he did mean hand it to vindros yeah. which Vereen's going to do <laughs> uh so right now I, i'm just going to say it's plus 2 i believe the uh, axe was plus 1 Okay, cool. But you're almost certain it has additional benefits. Mmm, mysterious. So yeah, you're still using, I believe, mace stats because you're a cleric, but... It it now says quarter stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine now. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what you find here in this this pit with this alligator. Vindras, Vindras is very appreciative. Nice. Maybe with time it will come to have such a legendary status as the Axe Baloney, but only time shall tell. <laughs> I mean, it's not got an abalone on the end of it, but, you know. Maybe I could find a big abalone and... <gasps> Maybe I could find an abalone and just, like, glue it to the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you can make one out of clay and then glue it to the end. No one will know. Abalone, 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 I made you out of clay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or ask Staples to knit you one. Happy Hanukkah, I guess. So <laughs> what? It's uh it's it's an abalone shaped knitted quarterstaff cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Staples makes you a little cozy for it. <laughs> Alright, so what do you all do? We kill the god king, it's all good, everyone's cool. Great time. You have to get back and actually find the bats, right? We haven't actually found out if they're okay. <laughs> I, I was joking, but I guess we should find the bats. Well, last I heard, they were all dead. No, I stick off the bweagle. All right, so the party kind of slowly makes their way back up the muddy incline and out of the pit, leaving the alligator with all these hands. Um, <laughs> all these hands. Yeah, I think uh, you begin, uh, Azur, like, steps up and goes, all right, so that was fun. Uh, Lola, are you okay? I'm fine. Are you going to stay muddy for stealth? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are down on it, but if you try just being coated in mud, it's got a lot of tactical advantages. It's like a, you know, a mini spa day. I think Zer just scoops up some mud and also covers himself in it. It's like, that's it. Yeah, that's spirit. Yeah, 
If you don't pee your pants, you're not cool. I'm the Miles Davis. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Bi- Shut up. Billy Madison. Stop Is that talking. Billy Madison? Anyway, Zer covers himself in mud to be like Lola so you don't feel weird. Nice. Aw, so sweet. Um, and this time he kind of uh, very smoothly transitions into leading. He doesn't make a big show of like, all right, Lola, you fucked up and fell down a hill. Now I'm in charge. She's just like, ooh, what's over here? And just starts walking. Does he do like a little wink though? Just to be a little bitch. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think he, no, he doesn't have the confidence to do that considering you throttled like, him in the kitchen. I don't kitchen. have the energy to be, I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> all my family would be Uh-huh. I think he sees some bats in the forest and, like, talks to them real quick and uh, kind of uh, discerns that the, when the God King's forces attacked, there was a big battle throughout the, the glass forest and different um, groups of the bats were, like, separated and scattered throughout the forest. And he says, uh, from the intelligence he gathers, that Diana, the leader of the Mercy Elf, who you are here to talk about the rebellion with, uh, has gone north. And so you take off in that direction. Okay, but like everyone's evacuated, the Buigle got them all. Yeah, because you summoned the Buigle and then sent it off here, uh, mass casualties have been avoided. I mean, do we know where the God King is headed from here next? That's a good question. So the God King travels around in, uh, you know, Wolfram Castle, this giant cruise ship that uh, they build a medieval castle on top of. Yeah, Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. Um, but you don't, I mean, so it doesn't have any one spot and in fact can react pretty quickly to threats, um, and, you know, be deployed. So it's, it's difficult to nail down. That's part of the question. So can we roll insight to see where we should <laughs> go next? Fuck you. <laughs> you will love it. You think it's hilarious. Uh-huh. But I think, I think like pinning down the castle is literally one of the most important military questions right now because rebellion has broken out all over the country. But uh, you don't really know what the plan is for killing Wolfram or if that is the plan. Like, there's these military questions still hanging. Okay, I have an idea. Uh-huh. We discussed previously in the season that how I knew Sabrina's name was Sabrina. Uh, because I can have, like, little rats or birds or whatever, like, give me information. Mm-hmm. Is that a network I could use to find out where exactly, like, what part of the world or whatever uh, the castle is? I mean, yeah, so the, the animals who tell you stuff is flavor for roles. So w- okay. to answer your question, you can always roll to know stuff. What you're asking is to do a history roll, uh, and then we can use that flavor of the animal network to, to explain why your role does what it does. Okay, let's see if I do anything good. Sixteen! Yeah, so basically for the entire second half of this campaign, there's been, like, military questions about, like, how many troops does the God King have? Where is he deploying them? What is the rebellion going to do? And none of your characters have seemed particularly invested in any of that, which is fair. None of you are like, you know, that's not your bag necessarily. Um, Because if you think about, like, um, media about rebellions, right, like Star Wars is the classic one. Uh, Like, Luke does not start the rebellion personally and then lead troops on the front lines for years. And then, you know, (laughs) he just, like, jumps ahead to the final boss after joining halfway through. She just falls into it. (laughs) And that's kind of been this party's thing is that you were first you were just escorting a princess who was blackmailing you completely unrelated. You met up with people who were doing rebellion and you agreed to deliver messages. That's it. You're not rebellion leaders. You're not 
generals, you're not admirals, uh, you're just messenger people who've been caught up in other events. And like, I, I've always tried to avoid the implication that like the moles need you to save them, right? Like they are just because they are marginalized people doesn't mean they're helpless. Um, so that's, that's important to me is that in the background, other people are doing important things. Uh, so we're mainly here to facilitate telling the various bits of the rebellion. Hey, the rebellion exists and it is still going. And y- you're all you're all here. You can do this. Yeah. So, like your 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 roles are crucial. This is an important story to be told. Uh, but you are not the the people for whom the whole world revolves around. You you are not the center of the world and the only important people who exist. Um, Rebellion's good for us because all of us at one point were going to get murdered by an arsehole and we kind of, you know, Rebellion would see that guy killed and that'd be cool. (laughs) That sounds too close to real life. So we're all going to get killed by an asshole. Yeah, I mean, you all have different reasons too. Like Vereen and Vindros were being uh, discriminated against for their race and their religion. Uh, Bremel wanted to protect the, do- the the daughters who were being used for political purposes, and then Lola is just uh, an existential threat because you're a conduit. So you all have different reasons for being caught up in this. But at the end of the day, it is good for you, just in different ways. Um, so I'm saying all that to say that uh, the the animals can tell you if you ask like uh you know some some birds and some squirrels like where is the castle the, they will tell you that uh the castle is currently uh heading away from populated areas uh because the god king doesn't want to get ganked like he doesn't want just some people jumping on his his castle and stabbing him so he's actually fleeing uh and would the messengers know whether or not he was actually in the castle or if maybe he was somewhere else and it was like a decoy. Yeah, I think with the 16, I'll tell you that you absolutely think it's him. He's sitting in his throne room. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know out of character that not only is he in his throne room, but he's, you know, uh, channeling his self into salt golems to fight uh, people. Actually, he fought Vindros. So, you, Vindros, you, you're aware of this. Yeah. Okay. He's a coward and a weakling. I know this. <laughs> uh, so basically, let's go through the different areas, right? Uh, the gore fields uh, rose up because uh, it was discovered that Amy was plotting against her father. This happened because of some choices Chris made. So like that all blew up uh, kind of out of your control. You, you did a great job, frankly, of like securing the iron mine from the moles and so forth. But just some choices were made that blew up that spot. Uh, killing the friar put Marcel in hot water and then you got him out of the country. Uh, once again, uh, Chris kind of orchestrated that, which made the situation there blow up. Although you did save Marcel's life. Uh, now that city is in rebellion. And then there's Absinthia, which is preparing a psychic militia of Terek. <laughs> a very terrifying thing. But it's actually not, <laughs> it, it is not currently in rebellion. I think once news spreads that the, the, the path of the joining has uh, infiltrated, has <laughs> kind of like spread throughout that community, the God King will send people there. But that's like, you know, in the near future. The important thing for Lola's uh, successful history role here is the idea that the God King is spreading his forces very thin. Uh, like he, if you have one army fighting one rebel force, you uh, like an army can surround one encampment. If you have two encampments, the army has to break in half to surround them. Three, like it's, it's much more difficult. And the, the thinner the God King's forces get spread, uh, the more like weak and vulnerable they are. And then the last group is the Merciel, who you did not get the message to in time. 
uh, but you did send the Bweagle to minimize casualties. But once the, once the God King's forces are split bef- between four different locations and you've taken out two of the Conclave, like, he's extremely vulnerable. I think he'll even have to, like, deploy his elite city guards from the castle out to the field, leaving him very vulnerable to a strike on the castle itself. Let's go that way. For all the reasons that the voice in my head just said. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you can just turn to the group, Lola, and say, like, the the birds are telling me that the God King's castle, like, is going away from the fighting. Like, you point... The birds told me! <laughs> but you say, like, if, if Diana can rally the forces here, the God King will have to send out the l- rest of his troops and split the forces he has already out, and it, he'll just be... They won't be, like, one big scary army. They'll be, like, four... Uh, depleted, scared armies. Yeah. All right, hands up if you want to be part of the main team to stab the guard king. I mean, obviously, I've kicked his ass once. I want to do it again. How many people? How many people stab Caesar? <laughs> uh, like twenty-two, I think. All right, we need like ten more people. Well, I think that's the thing, Lola, is I've never said to the players, like, as the DM, I think it's important that the player characters are the ones who kill the final boss. But I think if Lola is like, hey, we, we send this message to these four armies, they split they split the enemy forces all up, leave the castle undefended, then we, a highly competent strike force of murderers, <laughs> sneaks in the undefended castle, we can take this dude out. I think this is, like, a really cool like plan to have. I mean, like, that feels like the best way to do it. I don't know. It's probably leaving a lot up in the air for afterwards, but... Uh. I, v- Vindras is confident that she can kick the God King's ass purely based on having defeated one one golem single-handedly. I mean, he's, like, old and crusty, right? Exactly. We were explicitly told, look, if you actually get to him, he's not that strong at all. It's, it's just, you know... This is fine. The last thing I want to say for your success in this history role, because all of that was just like background stuff that you could have gotten from asking a NPC. Uh, what is that? Is, what is even is asking an NPC? Huh? What are you talking about? I don't know what asking an NPC is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, is specifically a kind of uh, two shot reminder here. One is that you uh, promised the halflings you would get their potential back from the God King. <sighs> Which will not necessarily be just be accomplished by stabbing him in the face. It might be, but you don't know that for sure. So that's something to keep in mind to ask about or to research. Um, Why do we keep promising things? And the other thing is that you will need a way to get on board Castle Wolfram. That's not just like you saying out loud, we get on the castle. <laughs> they're, they're that- I have a grappling hook. Yeah, I mean, maybe Lola. and <laughs> But that's a, quite a solo mish, my friend. I'm so tiny. So I, I don't know if any of you are keeping notes, like you have like a little mission checklist to update your journal or whatever, but those are two things, that, <laughs> two things I will remind you to keep in mind. Oh, right. Fuck. Why did we make promises? Because we needed them to do stuff and to <laughs> not like us and to not hate us. Well, and you look, look, the halflings thing, it could be entirely metaphorical by killing the god king they won't have to hide from the god king anymore and therefore there's some potential for their future yeah it's all in the language just gotta do a little finessing i feel like that would not work they, that would not fly and they'd eat us walking up in the taco bell like metaphorically i'm paying you for these chalupas <laughs> oh fuck i really want a chalupa next 
so that conversation we just had represents uh, you all discussing battle plans as you walk through the glass forest to the north where you heard Diana and her forces went. Uh, I'm not going to make you roll because you have Zura to lead you, who I thought was going to die in like episode five, uh, but he's still here no. helping. Uh, so is this is a technically a different arc, right? No. You will, you will know when you get okay. your animal powers back, you greedy monster. <laughs> I'm not greedy. I'm just thinking ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you, eventually you come to a clearing. In this clearing, you see a ton of dead bodies. Most, oh. Most of them are Genasi. Uh, uh. A couple are Merciel. No! And then you see one person sitting in the middle of these bo- bodies in a kind of lotus pose. Just just chilling. Who is it? Uh, it's Diana. Is she? Hey, Diana, y'all right? Uh, she is a Honduran white bat. These little puffy white fluffball bats with little yellow ears. Uh, their little noses look like leaves. Leaves? Why did I say leaves? They're cotton <laughs> balls that sleeps in leaves. Yeah, actually, I changed that. She's not sitting like a, in the lotus position amongst the bodies. I think she's actually hanging from uh, one of the trees in, in the, uh, the edge of the clearing, taking a little nap. Hi. What's so lot of dead bodies? Mm. Y'all all right? Napping. Well, I nap, but there's, I don't know. I have a hard time falling asleep next to corpses. I don't know if it's the same for everybody else. And it's the middle of the day, child. So why so loud? Because everybody dead. I'm nocturnal, young lady. There's corpses everywhere. Do you, do you eat hot? I have one for you. <laughs> I think Zer shoots you a look, Lola, like, hey, chill, like... The, she don't don't start stuff with her. Let me just look what Honduran white bats eat. Do they eat hearts? <laughs> All right, fine. I'll be quiet. They only eat fruit or vegetation. Oh well, the heart's kind of a fruit when you think about it—the fruit of the body. So, like the <laughs> pineapple of the body. <laughs> is that, I was saying, is that the testicles? Oh, jeez, Th- Lauren. <laughs> That's what fruit are for plants. Lauren. Are you? Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you offer the heart out to Diana and her little nose wiggles and then crinkles away, disgusted. as she Her eyes still have not opened. Uh, and she says, if you want to stick around, maybe create some defensive fortifications for the next wave. How many more are there? She sniffs the air and says, not many left. Then it's a stand here. Excellent. I haven't built trenches in forever. Does anyone have a shovel? Did I ever tell anybody about the time I murdered a man with a shovel? I feel like one of us had a shovel. Mmm, which end, laddie? Well, that's the part that'll surprise you. (laughs) I I feel like you really want to tell us about this time you murdered someone with a shovel. Who has a shovel? I want to murder someone with a shovel. Also, I looked it up, and apparently the word avocado uh, comes from the Aztec word for testicles. Suck it. <laughs> I didn't know that was in dispute. That's the fruit of the tree. It's the testicles, Austin. Okay. So uh, tell me how you build fortifications if you do so. How else you prepare for the on- uh, the oncoming enemy? And then let's make some rolls to do that. So what, what are the enemies that are supposed to be coming? What are we expecting? That's a good question. Do you ask that, Bramwell? Yes. She says, hmm... 
our mortal enemies, our ancient enemies of the forest, the spectral bats, have oh. sided with the God King. They eat people. They are cannibals. So many cannibals. I want to drop the heart and stomp on it on the ground. <laughs> Is it technically a cannibal if they eat a different, like if a spectral bat person eats a kobold? Is that cannibalism? No, so spectral bats are a real kind of bat that eat other bats. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. But in this universe, anything sapient eating another sapient thing is considered a kind of cannibalism. Okay. But yeah, these are specifically bat bats that eat bats who prey on the, the, the bat folk tribes you're friends with. Uh, but what has the God King offered them? No one knows. Good question. Do you know what the God King's offered them? Bats who eat boys, who eat boys, who eat I think bats, Austin just told us no bats, one knows. Boys who eat bats, who eat boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to base boost that in post and give it a beat, and then that's going to be 20 minutes of the episode. Um, when you ask what the God King offered them, uh, one of Diana's eyes open, and she says, Mmm, his stolen power. This potential he wields. They gave it back. You get back to the bats? Mmm, it seems so. How does that happen? Mmm, he gives salt crystals to those that would serve him. I have an idea. Oh, yeah? Um, alright, so here's my idea, right? If we're gonna stay, make a stand and confront, uh, pass without trace, and we hide in some, like, Caves or trees or some shit. This fucking spell again. Gygax! It's so good! <laughs> you fucked me for the last time, Gary! <laughs> uh, so everybody gets a plus 10 to bonus to dexterity. I botched and got an 11. No! No! <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck. Sorry. Uh, I also botched. What? <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you've done it again! <laughs> what are we rolling? Stealth oh, plus fuck. 10 to whatever With your a, bonus is. The plus 10 bonus. I literally just threw my phone across the room. I'm so mad. <laughs> we need you to get a crit, Conrad. <laughs> yeah, no, I got a 19, but I only rolled a 6. Why? Terrible. <laughs> Alright, a double botch. This is so funny because I was like, well, there goes this Sorry, fucking encounter. I should encounter. keep screaming, but I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm the maddest I've ever been. So here's how this goes down. I think uh, Lola cast Pass Without a Trace, which makes you all very stealthy. Uh, Bramwell, you said he wanted to d dig trenches. I think, uh, you know, Vindros, you can jump up in a tree uh, just to make this ambush so that when the spectral bats get here, you can all just pounce on them and destroy their shit. Unfortunately, with two botches, what I'm going to say is <laughs> the spectral bats who have sided with the God King against their, their hated enemy, the non-cannibal bats, uh, have, been, <laughs> have, been, <laughs> have been given... That's a great band name. Non-cannibal bats? Yes. Yeah, flying foxes and uh, white Honduran bats are mostly eat fruits and vegetables. So I, I was going to say like the vegetarian bats versus the carnivorous bats, but not all carnivorous bats are cannibalistic. So it feels like drawing weird lines. But the point is the friendly bats uh, are preyed on by the, the not friendly bats here in the forest. And you, one of them is sided with the tyrant god king. Oh, I thought you said one of the regular bats was a mole. Uh, no, no, we don't have a mole anymore. Now I'm okay. a... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Conrad. Unfortunately, uh, the God King gave uh, the Spectral Bats uh, salt crystals to give them those kind of c- those conduit powers, which eventually overwhelm and kill them. Not to all of them, but this to the strike force to to deal a fatal blow to the heart of the Merciel community. And the the vanguard of this force, ha- uh, their conduits uh, allow them to see uh, through your spell, Lola. Does it only see the people who botched? Yeah, I mean, yes. So both Vindros and Bramwell botched, so I had to punish them. It's been a while since Vindros got snatched up, huh? That used to be a fun, like, recurring weekly feature. Oh, that, that was a recurring <sighs> thing, yeah. I mean, if we really think about it, it's a distraction, right? We planned this. <laughs> for, for, for a while, I think we had a thing where Vindros had a bell so she wouldn't be kidnapped, and I think she's probably just given up on <laughs> like that. Because it's been so long trying to kidnap her in a while. Ugh. Can Bramwell have been attempting to hide behind a tree and it's like that picture of the baby elephant who got caught eating sugar cane and tried to hide behind uh, a plant? I like to think you're on preposterous. Yeah, like he's on preposterous. Right? So <laughs> it's the two of us trying it's to hide behind the, a pole. The same size as a baby elephant, probably. Yeah, okay. So uh, you're hiding up in the tree, Vendross, you're hiding behind a tree, Bramwell, and just uh, these bats uh, sneak out of the 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 forest and grab you and pull you away. I'm putting a spectral bat in the roll 20 for everyone. Uh, they have those kind of scoop shaped noses, which are kind of freaky. A uh, scoop nose. That's what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> oh, they're still cute. They're just jerks. I mean, all bats are kind of low key cute. Even the gross ones. I say, Oh, you're going to say all bats are kind of jerks. I don't know. I've never met any, so maybe they're nice. Uh, no, they but eat Vin- bugs. It's fine. Vindros and Bramwell, you get snatched up. Specifically, like they leap out like an alien in a vent, uh, getting uh, Dallas in Alien 1. Was it Dallas? Is that his name? If it wasn't White Chicks, which I watched four times, then I don't know what you want me to add to this cultural. (laughs) You watched that four times, Chris. It's because Terry Crews is magical in that movie. Honestly, as I was saying that, I remember that I own the four-hour movie version of the Hamlet starring and directed by (laughs) fuck Carrie, not Carrie always fuck, this is Kenneth Branagh yes, Arthur Dallas is the name of that character who's in the ventilation uh, system in Alien 1 and it gets snatched it's a very cool scene, that's what happens to the two of you but when you see just like their face spring out when when they grab you they have just pink salt crystals growing out of their eye sockets so do we, okay, do we, do Vereen and I see this? Uh, no, I think with the these botches, they get grabbed and then the ambush starts uh, and spectral bats begin pouring into the, the clearing where your ambush is and then suddenly Bramwell and Ver, and Vindros don't jump out. Vereen and I are still hidden. Uh, yeah, let's roll initiative real quick. Okay. Bats are very dexterous. I got a 17 and I'm the lowest? <laughs> kind of fucking garbage is math up to today? This is bullshit. Happy end of 2020. Fucking statistics are fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, coincidentally, uh, Lola, you're up first in the initiative, which means uh, you didn't get taken, so you have a shot at the spectral bats as they kind of f- uh, fly and run into the clearing. Uh, 29, 29, 17, 29. Wait, how are you rolling 29s? Uh, I get plus eight, and with 
my favorite enemies being the humanoids, I add plus two to my attack rolls. Christ almighty, Lola Beans, roll that. I rolled three 19s, holy roll, shit. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have but... to make these encounters harder. <laughs> I think Lola just somehow is great. Uh, plus five, because they're humanoids. Death incarnate. All right. 12, 12, 12, 11, roll 20, are you okay? It's 47. (laughs) I got three 12s in a row. This is absolutely bat shit. (laughs) Is it? Did they shit? (laughs) This is like if you took a fucking Gatling gun back to the Battle of Thermopylae in 300, (laughs) and when (laughs) the fucking Persians tried to go through the hot gates, you just (laughs) mowed every single one of them down. (laughs) I like to. Think maybe you're all 20 and proves in my new recording room. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, uh, Vereen, it's your turn, although there isn't much left. Uh, the heck, <laughs> the heck bow just fucking guns them down. Is that bad, huh? I have to make these harder. You all are too good at this. Uh, well, I'll attack the remains, I guess. <laughs> I'll attack the remains. Uh, 17, 22, and 18. Fuck. All those hit. My word. <laughs> Uh, is that twenty three damage? Yep. Okay. So basically, well, I need I need Conrad and Lauren to paint me a picture of you killing every spectral bat that comes into this clearing before. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we didn't get. Gone. It's like the Avengers sequence, right? You know, where it's just like panning around, and it's just Lola beans with the heck bow in one direction, yeah. the axe. You know, uh, stop sign in the other, swinging over each other, ducking, rolling. You, you can fill it all Well, in. see, they're so busy because they, they caught Vindross and Bramwell that they didn't even think to look for us. So we just like blindly pew, 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 smack, smack, smack. Yeah, I did deduct some from the health pool to represent the <laughs> bats who are not here. So that might not have been enough otherwise. But we'll get to that in a second. So you mow down and slash all these bats, carve them all to bits. And now uh, Vindross and Bramwell, you've been grabbed by these spectral bats. Grabbed by the ghoulies, you could say. I could say that, yeah. Uh, they are like humanoid bats. They are um, strange fucking noses. I don't even know how to describe this. They have the, these weird scoop-shaped these noses. Alone. <laughs> so uh, they're rude. like right, they're like right up in your face, and you can see th- with the salt crystals in their eye sockets, just like the bloody, goopy remains of their eyeballs, just like dripping down these crystals. Oof! And they take to the sky with like grabbing, you know, hooking their claws into your armor, because uh, both of you are clerics wearing heavy armor, and they take they literally fly straight up out of the forest and into the sky with both of you, and they're just gonna drop you from terminal height. I have an important question. Vindras can leap great heights because of the good the good leaping legs. Does that mean that Vindras can fall from great heights and be like fine? A cat. <laughs> uh I think that might help some, but you're going to take a ton of damage because you're also falling into what is essentially a giant pile of broken glass. Hmm. Just... That isn't great. I think we talked about the uh, kindergarten parachute field day. Do we have that yet? Do we get one? Why, why didn't I take some time to learn a trampoline landing spell or something? <laughs> okay, so basically you look down below you and you see the glass forest receding. It's this, this almost laser light show of trees. Uh, it's, it's beautiful as you take to the sky in this kind of crisp, clean air. And you're actually going towards the cracks in the, the, the actual like surface of the sky, which is very uh, 
surreal to you, but both Bramwell and Vindross find themselves in the same situation, which is a spectral bat is taking you up to the top of the world and going to drop you essentially to death into this glass below. What if as I'm falling, <laughs> I start running down the side of the trees? <laughs> like parkour? Well, I'm I'm looking through all my stuff because I had prepared, you know, combat ideas, but apparently <laughs> combat's a bad plan right now. Take that, Austin. Well, okay, I mean, hmm, uh, this is not a problem. Inform me how it's not a problem. I got Featherfall, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got Featherfall, fuck you. Put that on my tombstone. 60 feet. Reaction. <laughs> Five falling creatures within range. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, so here's what happens. They take you up to the, the, the top of the sky and then drop you. And Bramwell and Vindros enter free fall. Uh, uh, paint me this picture, uh, Vereen, because they're, they're screaming down towards the, the forest. All right, so they come down towards the forest and uh, screaming, quite literally. <laughs> Which is how Vereen looks up and, and sees them there and reaches back with his bottom left hand, pulls the loot out, strums it with the two on the right, and they just slow down. Vindros, Vindros this whole way down, is convinced she's going to die, but also, just in case not, has aimed her feet toward the floor, assuming that everything's going to be fine. Never fallen from this hype, it's probably fine. I think... She's gonna assume that her legs saved her. This is such a wild coincidence, too, because I had no idea you were gonna botch against these bats, um, and I had no idea you were gonna find an item in the alligator den. But the the quarterstaff you found, deep blue, in addition to being a plus two weapon, is enchanted with Featherfall. Oh shit! <laughs> Uh, so when you cast that spell, I think this it, it like resonates with the the the, the staff, which uh, just like creates a magical kind of link between them. And this like Vindros, you see uh, Vereen below you casting the spell, and you see the the quarterstaff pulsing. And it's almost like in uh, in a sense, it kind of becomes like a witch's broom. <gasps> oh, nice! That's, that's pretty cool. Because you're so high up in the sky, you can just like get onto it. And so th- basically, this staff has feather fall, which means you can't be killed from falling from a fall height, a uh, high height. Is, is that a as a cantrip, or do I? Ha- is that a leveled spell? It, it's just a, an, an innate uh, aspect of the quarter staff. Cool. But because in this role playing moment, you're plummeting out of the sky, and you basically have two different instances of feather fall now. Uh, I, I'm giving you the opportunity to mount the. The mount the staff like a broom and do some witch shit to these two bats if you would like. Kill oh my god, yes, yes, I would like. With the heart, yes, out. I would like. Um, goodness, so I need to do something that. Um, what what's the most witch shit I could be doing? Um, <laughs> I was like kissing girls, but okay, okay. I want to cast spirit guardians, and I want to make them take the form of a bunch of other ghostly witches. <laughs> I've got my little witch witchly coven to fly past and do some do some damage. Okay, so these are just like generic Halloween witches, kind of like Wizard of Oz witches. Oh yeah, these are the most generic, like wide brim hat, um, like yeah, witches fl- flying <laughs> by with me. I have to do a save, then a wisdom save. 
Uh, these bats let someone put salt crystals in their eyeballs, so they're not very wise. <laughs> well, that's the best Never put salt in your eyes. <laughs> hey, kids, you gotta put salt crystals in your eyes? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, sure, it was agonizing, but they yeah, wanted... Yeah, mister! They did it for the power. Uh, a, tw- <laughs> a 12, that almost certainly fails. I don't know why I thought you were gonna say did it for the vine. They absolutely did it for the vine as well. <laughs> uh, that is 10 damage, which is not ideal, but it looks cool at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you only do 10 damage to this bat, and I'm gonna say that basically you engage in like a mid-air battle with one of these bats. The other one dive bombs after Bramwell. Uh, Bramwell, you're moving slowly because of the feather fall as you reach the top of the canopy of the glass forest. I guess you have a choice to make. Do you want to land on top of the tree or do you want to float down to the clearing with the rest of them? Uh, I have an important question I have to ask. Okay. Uh, so I know Treadwell, Breadwell, and Fredwell are, I think, like lightning, mineral, and uh, steam. Yeah. What's Bramwell Jr.'s element? Uh, I believe it was established to be steam because he was the one who threw into the white glass demon. I think it oh, okay. was love. Well, what's which one doesn't have an element yet? <laughs> Chris, they all have elements. <laughs> They're just all the same elements. Can can Fredwell's element be farts? <laughs> Chris, that's not an element. You know that. Yes, it is. It's- <laughs> Uh, a mixture of wind and negative. Oh no, the feather fall spell <laughs> fails. Weird. <laughs> no, I wanted there to be like a small, like slow fart sound effect as I come down because I'm, I'm holding it so tightly on the Fredwell. What the fuck? And you have to add that sound effect in there. All right, fine. I guess I just won't have any fun with D&D. Um, <laughs> can I, there's a helicopter nearby and I'm going to grab, I'm going to put my feet on one of the There's a helicopter? I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip it off and I'm gonna surf down uh, like Sonic the Hedgehog did. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask the question again. Do you land on top of the trees or do you go down into the clearing? I'll go down to the clearing. All right, good, because uh, that puts you with Lola and Vereen. And when the bat comes after you, it slams into the top of the trees, shattering it and sending a, uh, a rain of glass shards onto all of you. Dexterity saving throw. I feel like we're fine. It's raining glass. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. it's It's raining raining glass. glass. So is a seven good? No. Huh. Uh, 21. Oh, yeah. Lola's just so good. Actually, that was 26. I clicked the wrong number. Oh, no, 22. (laughs) Math. Math. Plus six. 12. All right, only Lola saves. Oh, bad, bad, bad roll. So four to everyone but Lola who takes two. Um, as the glass shards kind of rain down and give you superficial cuts. And now you three are in the clearing with a spectral bat with these two crushed eyeballs, uh, sockets filled with salt. you're telling me that bat crashing into the top of glass trees didn't eat shit and die? Nope. Because he did a (laughs) controlled descent with his wings and shattered the thing with his... All right. Whose turn is it? Uh, Actually, it is a bat turn. Okay, bat. You're so, alive for now. The bat in the air is going to attack Vindross. Rude. That makes sense. I guess there's nobody else in the air. That just makes sense. That's just math. Yeah. Uh, that's an eight. How's your armor feel about an eight? Uh, an eight's not going to hit me. Yeah. Okay, so right now... Oh, also, Vi- did did that bat start its turn within uh, ten feet of me? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or enter within ten feet of me during the turn. Yeah, just do your radiant damage on my whole asshole. <laughs> 
I just killed it. Nine more damage. Yeah, not the best. Okay, so right now Vindros is dueling a bat in the air. You're riding uh, Deep Blue, which is the name of this staff, like a witch's broom, and you're dueling uh, this spectral bat uh, with your coven. <laughs> On the ground, uh, the rest of the wolf pack is fighting another spectral bat. Lola, it's your turn. Uh, 24, 27, 19, 22. Okay, none of those hit. None of them? Uh-oh, that's his conduit. He's got a funky conduit. The one in the air is the one that allowed Fuck. the bats to see through your uh, past without a trace. So that's his power, which isn't particularly useful when a coven of witches is beating your you tricked me beating your skull in. But the one on the ground seems to have some other kind of vision with his salt eyes. Uh, as you aim the heckbow at him, he moves gracefully, dodging each one like a prote- practitioner of gunkata from the famous movie Equilibrium. How much you want to bet? Other people who are also how much you want to bet he like just made it harder just now we weren't paying attention. No, that's that that's not how DMs ever work. You can't adjust the difficulty <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> Don't worry, Austin. I got your back, buddy. Thanks, dog. I actually did have this idea because I once upon a time did see the film Equilibrium, so that's just part of my personality now. Did you ever see the movie Ultraviolet? No. Is that good? good? It's terrible. Okay. No, it's a big it pooper. I should have shot at both, you fucker. You bamboozled me. Uh, Vereen, it's your turn. You see the spectral bat dodge each of Lola's bolts like a, a, a choreographed dance, as if it knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't like... Farts? No, farts are fine. <laughs> everyone loves farts. They're hilarious for everyone involved. <laughs> There's never been an unentertaining fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how we're going to spend the rest of the episode, so. I did not expect this. Giuliani farted like twice in that one meet. It was the best part of it. It's so funny to think on it. It's very funny. <laughs> we're like drama and then a little fart sounds. I'm in hell. What is our show? All right, so I'm going to get on to the other side of um, Bat from Lola. So, you know, we're on boat, you know, surrounded it at least a little bit. Uh, and and then I'm going to. Uh... Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, uh, are you one of those cannibal bats? Is that why your mom was eating me last night? Oh! <laughs> oh, a vicious mockery. <laughs> Owned. Four, that's a failure. He probably thinks your mom really was sucking it last night, huh? One psychic damage. <laughs> you very, 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 barely, barely hurts feelings. <laughs> and have disadvantage on its next attack roll. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because fictionally I can't justify seeing the, the, the future as a, a way to dodge someone saying something. I guess you could cover your ears, but uh, that's not really the, the way that, that and, and it, it, The thing is, you could try to dodge it, but you're still going to hear it, and it's still going to hurt. Yeah, I, yeah. So I'm saying, so the, like, literally, the spectral bat sees the future and knows you're about to say this, and they could cover their ears, but because they saw it in the future, they already know it's what's coming. They heard it in their future vision, and th- their feelings were hurt for through that, you know? Yeah. So they cover their ears, but it's too late. They've already heard it. Well, since it's looking <laughs> this way, maybe it won't see the other attack coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vindros, your turn. You're in the sky. You and the bat. Uh right. 
Uh, Spirit Guardians always feels like it should be a concentration spell, but it's not, so... Spirit Guardians, uh, duration, concentration up to 10 minutes. Oh, it is concentration. Okay, well in that case, I keep concentrating. Alright, you can still do other stuff. Uh, can I do other... Oh, is it just... You can't do another concentration, but you can do a non-concentration spell or an attack. Spiritual weapon, that's the one I'm thinking of. Spiritual (laughs) weapon feels like it should be concentration and isn't. Yeah, so you can do a spiritual weapon attack, or if you don't want to spend the spell, you can just do a sick Tony Hawk stunt with your quarterstaff. I mean, I was going to summon a spiritual weapon, but now you've suggested it. Yeah, can I do like a... I'm picturing like doing a big drift and then just like smacking smacking them around the face with the back of the staff as I do a cool drift in the air. I definitely want that to work. Yeah. What? Do, what? Do, how, how do I do that? That's just just attack with your weapon. <laughs> that's, that's attacks. Um, I'm going to use a side guided strike to uh, make it more likely to hit. Twenty. Does that hit? Sure does. Yep, and then I'm going to use Divine Strike to make it do a bit more damage. Yeah, so you explicitly have a psionic ability which allows you to manipulate your weapons in combat, and your weapon is also a witch's broom. So you can do all the stunts your your little heart desires. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so that's 11 damage, which is going to be another 10 damage when when the the enemy turn starts. I'm feeling good about that. Well, yeah, so with the Spirit Guardians, that's going to happen next turn. They're dead. So why don't you just paint me the picture of your uh, Psy-guided Witch's Broom uh, highlight reel skating video. (laughs) It's like a Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of uh, music video style. Which song? Uh, I was thinking of Dark Necessities, which is literally a, a skateboarding video. Oh, I just fucking explode this thing. <laughs> Wait, so you hit him so hard with the staff, his, his, his head explodes? Is that what you just said to me? Yes. The head or the whole body? I think, I think the head is the... Like, if you hit the crystal and it just busts through the back of his head. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's a shattering crystal as opposed to something like, you know, gro- gross and blood-filled. Um, and th- then what? Do you just, like, uh, catch the, the staff with your other hand and then float down hanging from it? I, I do now. Down I down I come like it's the most casual thing in the world. All right. I have been I have been flying a broom for a total of about fifteen seconds, if I understand how rounds of combat <laughs> work. Um, and I come down like, no, I was born doing this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a combination of the staff has feather fall, Vereen cast feather fall, and you have psi guided strike. So it's like you have three different kind of control over what's going on here. Uh, Bramwell, I'm just that cool. <laughs> Bramwell, it's your turn. So what's still alive? There's one spectral bat. It has uh, uncanny abilities to dodge attacks with by seeing the future with its crystal vision. Um, could I cast silence to stop it from doing that? You don't know. Yeah, you know, cast silence to see if it'll stop it from doing that. Interesting. Yeah. So an uh, an eerie negative sound. Uh, falls over the clearing, just like all bird song, all uh, insect chirping, all rustling and crunching underfoot, just immediately stops, and it's very creepy. Yes. Uh, and now it's the bat's turn. Uh, the bat is going to pick up a palm frond made of glass and uh, rush at you uh, and uh, impale you with it, Bramwell. Why me? Actually, you're right. No, no that's Vereen. No. You Ver- sit out. Fuck you. Do it, coward. <laughs> Little fucking coward bitch. <laughs> I, 
Jesus, Paramount, <laughs> say that. Okay, here's what's gonna happen. He's gonna break it off on you and then turn and throw the 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 actual branch at uh at Vereen as a lance. He's gonna try. Twenty-five to Bramwell, seventeen to Vereen. It's got disadvantage on the on the first attack it makes. So Oh yeah. Seventeen on Bramwell. I mean, yeah, it's gonna hit. Why are you targeting me? Fuck you. Twenty-three <laughs> on Vereen. Because you just did a spell. That's alright, fine. Alright. It hits. Alright. Seven to Bramwell, eleven to Vereen. So they have this giant glass palm frond, which is like this kind of branch of a tree that has these huge. Uh, sh- uh, they're sharp because they're made out of glass, uh, like leaves. And he stabs that into Bramwell. It shatters in your armor, it's cutting you up. And then he turns and launches the branch at Vereen, which stabs into you like a javelin. Uh, and we're back to Lola. All right. Just all you have. So take a just take a little mind walk with me, Austin. I, I will. I just want to say when Bramble yells that, nothing comes out of his mouth. <laughs> no, I can talk through my own silence because I'm dope like that. All right. So here's my thinking. I uh, If I try to shoot him at the same time that I would have Stuart coming from behind to attack him, can he see both futures at once? <gasps> well, here's the question. This puzzle is really about how well do you know D&D's combat system, which is very fun for me. Fuck off! Fuck all the way off! You're tricking me now! Because what you asked, you are walking right up to the correct answer and you're knocking on the door. Um, But I don't know if you know how to walk through it, even if it opens. So... Why is my brain so Wow, everybody smart? loves a rules puzzle. Rules yeah, puzzles like, are super fun. I was so smart, fun. but my brain doesn't know anything at the same time. It's all fair. Ready in action. Yeah. There you go. Chris, you've saved, I... you've saved her. <laughs> oh, no, I was I was looking. I was uh, the Foo Fighters song, Ready in Action. I was just reading off the album. <laughs> that can't be true. That can't <laughs> be a real thing. I'm, nah, I'm gonna... you, you, you'll never be able to find out if it's true or not. It's the action that I ready, Stuart. You basically just declare a trigger. So you will say when Stuart or when I make my attack, Stuart's attack will trigger or something like that. Basically, you set up a cause and then effect when, you, when whenever your action is going to go off. Basically, You're such a gem. I'm going to ready an action. Uh-huh. So that was, I attack, Stuart will attack. And all the things Chris said very smartly. Okay, so when you attack, Stuart gets one attack, or when Stuart attacks, you get three attacks? I was going to attack once and then have Stuart attack thrice. Okay, so Stuart gets the glory. Interesting. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, he's got a low center of gravity. He's got so many spikes. And he's such a good boy. I think he deserves it. All right, yeah. Interesting. Go ahead. So I'm four. So my first attack was a 13. Stewart has a 28, a 25, and an 18. Holy Christ. All right. I think this is over. Roll, but this is brutal. Is it over? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stewart deserves this. He's been working so hard. You I'll also specified that. that your animals pushed a bunch of people off the train while I was in motion. So they are, they're on a murder spree. They know what's up. Uh, 6, 10, 13... I only get three damage because they would have seen the first attack from me, right? Doesn't matter. 23 plus 9. Uh, 32. Yeah. 
So to compensate for the fact that this person is impossible to hit, they have relatively low health. That, so that's enough. So in my mind palace right now, uh, Vereen's like yelling. Uh, uh, Ramble has his hammer. He's looking out for that. Lola is shooting bolts. The, this veil of silence falls. And this person who can see the future is like very closely monitoring your three attacks, dancing between them, throwing glass, stabbing when there's an opening. And then what just like they turn and they just walk into a wall <laughs> of Stuart spines. <laughs> and he turns around and he just like attacks their face. He just like jumps at him. Okay, it's more of a mauling. I was like thinking that. <laughs> oh yeah, Stuart's ready. <laughs> He's needed this. Stuart's been so stressed. Okay, how does this porcupine kill this Batman? Um, because <laughs> Stuart's explicitly the size of a pony, so this is like being murdered by little Sebastian. Yeah, no, he gets. I mean, that's a large enough animal to like mow you over if you're standing. And then he probably just, like, <laughs> rolls around on him. <laughs> At least full of spikes. <laughs> he just dies a spiky death. All right. So all four of you uh, are gathered around uh, this bat person as uh, Stuart rolls back and forth over him, uh, just reducing him to ground hamburger meat. <laughs> I like how you asked how many people Verena's actually killed, because Lola's killed countless. <laughs> Lola's thirst for blood cannot be sated. Listen, you gotta do what you gotta do. All right, what do you all say as you reconvene? I think Vindros just did some really cool, unexplained shit that the rest of you, like, would be curious about. How'd you kill it in the air? My new stuff is pretty good. And, and, and Vareen is, is, is tapping his two pairs of hands together excitedly, so pleased that she's happy with her <laughs> gift. Oh, it's, hey, hey, the, the axe baloney... Cool gimmick, cool gag. I'm a witch now. You know that cave's kind of win-win all around. You got a cool new yeah. staff. I got to see an alligator. Great times. I'm covered in mud. You know how much I love mud. Thank you for the the not falling to my death staff. Thank you. Oh, you got it yourself. I got. I was gonna die if you didn't find it. It's cool. Lola being covered in mud adds another layer to this massacre she just did. Like. <laughs> You rising out of the water like an apocalypse now. <laughs> just like my eyes above the water. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in the background, obviously, Azur, who's with you, is fighting other spectral bats just off screen um, and finishes stabbing one to death and then comes over, also covered in blood and mud, and says, Wow, cool, cool uh, quarterstaff, Vindros. Where'd you get that? I, you know, the holidays are coming up, and I just, if you could give me, could you send me that link? Sorry, sorry, one of a kind, lovely gift from this lovely one over here. Oh, it's a custom shit. Fuck. What's a holiday? <laughs> Wait, the kobolds don't have any holidays, Zer says, in character? No, I'm not saying kobolds don't have holidays. I'm just saying Lola might not. Oh, we need to make up a holiday. Merry Bunny Mess. It's uh, every winter we uh, go into the bunny dance and we hibernate with them. Well, we can't establish an e- another Easter parallel. We already have Ogster. Why not? Bunnies all day, all night. <laughs> we okay. So it's not really Easter adjacent. It's just it's lagomorphic. It's just well, yeah. It's just a uh, sometimes you know life is hard. You just want to take a nap in a pile of bunnies. Okay, one more time for the people writing the wiki. What's that holiday called? <laughs> <laughs> bunny miss <laughs> I didn't try I wasn't being serious I, hey hey 
if if you put Bunnymus on my calendar, I would be celebrating. Honestly, I would go to Bunnymus. I'd be like, fuck yeah. I know we've already made this joke sometime during the episode, but as far as things to put on your tombstone, I didn't try is up there. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be like, my, it'll be bigger on my tombstone than even my name. Half of it says, I didn't try. Tiny letters, Lauren Morgan, beloved friend, daughter. So as Lola Beans explains Bunny Mist to the party, you hear a snoring sound behind you. Is it, is it the alligator? <laughs> no, he didn't follow know, you man. across what the if, forest. What if he came back? What if it stabbed back? Maybe I want to be friends. Uh-huh, you could have been friends. You didn't ask. Next arc, I'm calling him. Who's sleeping? Oh, it's Diana. <laughs> yeah, so Lola, you turn around and you see uh, Diana uh, drooping from the, the branches of a tree. I think like one foot is coming hooked and she's just hanging by one foot, uh, snoring peacefully. Hey, we killed a lot of people. Wake up. Mm, not so loud, child. Tea first. This is time to be loud. We killed a bunch of people. Oh, thank you so much for your help. You should get get out of here. Mm, I have so much to do. Well, should, why not evacuate with all everyone else? Hmm. I have ordered many evacuations. Our people are safe now because of the intervention of a strange sky creature. Oh, the Weagle? Yeah, uh, her name is Candace. <laughs> you didn't establish that? I just thought of it now. Cool. <laughs> uh, why don't you go with? I mean, here. It's not like it's safe for you either. Hmm. We must muster our forces here to defend the forest. Well, what. Is that. Is everyone who went with the Weagle there working on it? So shouldn't you be with the. Your people to strategize? Hmm, there will be time to strategize shortly. Right now, I have entered the dream realm to make contact with a powerful spirit. Oh, a spirit is it? That sounds fun. Is that a. Is that plot relevant? I don't know what plot means, <laughs> but it's relevant. She, she says, Mmm, spirit will be here any moment. I've been guiding her through the dream realm. May I roll insight to find out if this is a legitimate thing or if she's talking nonsense? All right, to end the episode, roll insight. Hell yeah. <laughs> Finally. Five. Twelve. Ten. No, I like the idea that the payoff for this, ru this running joke about insight is that everyone fails. I was going to say, I actually have a good insight, but I don't really... I mean, I, don't I really had a plus want seven, and I couldn't. I what couldn't if get we end the episode and then we roll at the start? <laughs> no. Okay. The way this works <laughs> is that after all that buildup with insight, you all say like, "Oh yeah, that sounds fine. Whatever. Cool. We'll roll with it." You all are very open to whatever comes. Um, and so Diana says, "Hmm, here she comes." Uh, and then through the ground comes a humanoid, uh, spirit, literally a ghost. Um, it actually rises up out of the, the, the dirt and the mud of the forest in a shroud of ash. Uh, all right, let me see if I can do this. Ghost! Thank you! I am not a good shaggy. 
And as the ash kind of settles around this ghostly figure, which is now with you in the clearing, uh, you see a familiar face who says, Oh, hello there, fuckers. I have all the methods. <laughs> who else calls us fuckers? It's me. Amy, you dipshits, I'm a ghost now!